Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Snug Wrestling. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. That's right. You are tuned into Snug Wrestling, where it's wrestling all day, every day. And now here is your host, Edgar Avila. Both WWE and AEW went head-to-head once again on Friday night. And man, there was like five and a half hours of wrestling in one evening, in one afternoon. We had WWE SmackDown. We had Collision. We had Rampage. And it turned out that we also had Ring of Honor. Talk about killing the territory. AEW Dynamite was in LA this past Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. And then they did a Collision and a Rampage taping in the queue forum which is the same arena where they're gonna have full gear and there was also a bunch of videos going around the internet from ring of honor because tony khan has signed another former wwe talent ronda rousey has officially debuted in ring of honor there was talks that ronda rousey was backstage at the collision tapings but it turned out to be a ring of honor debut by ronda rousey not a aew debut and surprisingly Tony Khan did not make a big announcement over this new signee with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey's last match in WWE was versus Shayna Baszler in August at the SummerSlam and three months later she has officially joined the Ring of Honor brand. So we will have to see how all of this plays out with Ronda Rousey and Ring of Honor. But going back to the head-to-head between the WWE and the AEW not a lot of buzz was made for this Friday night war that a lot of people seem to be naming it because last time people were calling this a war well we all know how that went for AEW WWE blew them out the water and I'm pretty sure on this Friday night head-to-head ratings battle it would be no different and I don't even think it's safe to even call it a war anymore at this point there is no competition there is no war when it comes to the ratings the viewership or even the quality of the product itself so we are going to be going over WWE Smackdown and AEW Collision on this two-parter head-to-head head episode and i really enjoyed both of these uh, shows a lot better than last week we got some uh, improvements this week thankfully because both companies are leading to their big pay-per-views so we got some good shows on this friday night and i'm pumped for this weekend i'm pumped for the pay-per-views and i'm pumped about this episode what's up folks welcome back again to snug wrestling again my name is edgar i am your host of snug wrestling podcast so we had a shit ton of wrestling man and i was a very very busy b and for the sake of putting out more content i was trying to watch all of it including rampage i think i'm gonna start doing rampage just because i'm turning into a content whore apparently i just put out a full gear episode last night and i'm doing this two-parter episode for collision and smackdown and i'm just trying to get as much content out there as possible for everyone no rampage this week but i I think I am going to start doing Rampage maybe next week. So let's get started with Friday Night Smackdown from Evansville, Indiana. Let's go.
The road dog Jesse James was on commentary and taking over Corey Graves' duty as the ring announcer. Last week, it was Kevin Owens, but I'm pretty sure Kevin Owens got suspended. Nick Aldis laying down the law on Friday Night SmackDown. What do you know? A manager, a leader, the head of the show handing out suspensions and uh, laying down the law, putting out some punishments for the wrestlers who are breaking the rules. The Damage Control, they open up the show and they're really looking proud of themselves really full of themselves and it begins the teasing of Bailey being left out of the damage control being outcasted of her own faction because Asuka, Eosky, and Kerry Sane are having a side conversation during Bailey's promo in Japanese and Bailey was just standing there looking left out and this is kind of playing into my prediction and I think I'm right about Kerry Sane, Asuka, and Eosky secretly forming their own faction and pushing Bailey out and turning on Bailey, which is great, but just the way that they're going about it is so high school. It's so ridiculous. Like, these three girls, they're forming their own little clique and they're ignoring Bailey or kind of putting her to the side. It's it's kind of like childish bullying what uh, the three Japanese members of the Damage Control are starting to do here. It's just it's kind of kiddish it's kind of childish and it's five grown-ass women acting like high school girls basically the new updated damage control they want to go to war games and they want to face charlotte bianca and shotzi and all three of the baby faces come out but they're outnumbered they're one short and all seven of these women's have one big sloppy brawl for this opening segment and all of this is going to lead to a women's war game at Survivor Series. Bianca, Charlotte, and Shotzi, they're backstage and they realize that they need to get one more person added to their group in order to go up against the damage control. Nick Aldis walked up to the picture and they said that they need to find their partner by tonight. So, chop chop ladies, you better start dialing and making those phone calls. We get a three-way tag team match. The Street Profits, the Brawling Brutes versus the Pretty Deadly. The Pretty Deadly are making waves in the WWE for all the right and wrong reasons because of their ridiculous over-the-top gimmick as being this flamboyant tag team a lot of people have opinions about the pretty deadly and what their new tag team name should be i posted a fun little meme on facebook that says what's the name of this tag team and it has a picture of the pretty deadly wrong answers only and i've been getting a lot of responses from this little meme a lot of the names that people have been commenting and saying on this picture I probably should not say on air on this show some of them are really really bad like homophobic and what are we doing people it's 2023 but one of my favorite names is Billy and Chuck for all you old school wrestling fans that remember who they are let me see let me scroll down the belly shirt boys that's a that's a good one the rockers blades of glory the happy boys the rainbow warriors 
Pretty Yes Boys, the Yes Boys, the Beverly Brothers, and the Seahorses. There's a lot of funny names. The internet remains undefeated when it comes to these uh, these ridiculous memes. Please be sure to check them out at Snug Wrestling, and I'm sure you'll get a kick out of them. But this triple threat match, Road Dog name drops Billy Gunn during this match and talks about his time together as a tag team with Billy Gunn. The Street Profits, they're showing their new attitude. They're more aggressive Street Profits. The Pretty Deadly, they're looking to gain back some of that steam, some of that momentum that they were building before their unfortunate injury. And the Brawling Brutes, well, there's still just a couple of crazies and where's Sheamus? We haven't seen Sheamus in a long time. Is he out on some type of injury? He kind of just disappeared like a ghost. The Street Profits, they pick up the dub on this three-way tag team match and become the number one contenders to face the tag team champions the judgment day so the street profits get a chance to pick up some uh some gold for a change the street profits haven't held any tag team gold since 2021 and that was for the wwe smackdown tag team champion so it's been a while since the street profits have been in that title picture and we are going to be seeing the street profits versus the judgment day somewhere down the line bianca Belair was caught in 4k talking to mia yin backstage and bianca Belair is doing her due diligence and trying to recruit that fourth member for war games when we come back from commercial break damage control was shown beating up on mia yin and sending every female superstar a message do not join bianca Belair and charlotte don't even think about it or else or else the damage control is coming for you we get an lwo recap the match between carlito versus bobby lashley that happened last week bobby lashley defeated carlito the afterbirth on carlito and then the heel turn by escobar on Rey mysterio that everyone kind of expected but still was really shocked that it actually happened Rey mysterio sent out an ex and announced that he successfully had a knee surgery but the question is i wonder was this a write-off is this the reason why they decided to do the heel turn last week on friday night smackdown was Rey mysterio scheduled to have surgery and that's why they decided to do it or is this surgery all a work dragon lee and nick aldis are talking spanglish to each other in nick aldis's office and dragon lee he wants to avenge Rey mysterio and wants escobar but instead nick aldis said that he called up axiom to the main roster from nxt for a singles match versus dragon lee axiom also had a mini video package for those who aren't familiar with who he is and this was a um, high paced high intensity two young Rey Mysterio fans honoring their hero Axiom and Dragon Lee were going crazy they were giving each other Canadian destroyers Spanish flies from the top row power bombs and all kinds of super aerial maneuvers Dragon Lee picks up another dub and this is his third straight singles match victory in a row so Dragon Lee is 3-0 on Friday Night Smackdown. Santos Escobar he comes out and we're finally going to get some answers as to why why oh why did Escobar turn on Rey Mysterio. Santos Escobar is wearing suits again going back to his uh, his old heelish ways and he's no longer wearing the LWO colors. Escobar got some splaining to do here and Escobar he got a lot of heat from the crowd during his promo. The last guy that turned on Rey Mysterio became one of the most hated guys in 
WWE. And I'm talking about the Dom Khan himself, Dominic Mysterio. Dirty Dom. And Santos Escobar says that Rey Mysterio was his hero. Santos said, never meet your heroes. And Santos realized that everything Dom has ever said about Rey Mysterio was right. Santos cuts a promo on Carlito in Spanish, which translated to, from now on, I am your worst enemy. Santos also went ahead and said that he did not betray Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio betrayed Santos Escobar. Rey screwed Rey. Then Selena Vega comes out and slapped Escobar, and Selena's acting does not do it for me. I was really enjoying this segment up until Selena Vega came out with her obviously fake crying i have a really hard time believing anything selena does or anything she says then cruz el toro and joaquin hit the ring and for a second i thought they were gonna join their old leader santos escobar and santos escobar tried to get these two to uh to join him he tried to tell them it's just us three like the good old days but that didn't work santos escobar attacked joaquin and cruz el toro which made carlito caribbean cool come out and chase out Santos Escobar from the ring and I am all for heal Santos Escobar I hope Santos Escobar can gain as much heat as Dirty Dom did after getting that Rey Mysterio rub we get another recap from Kevin Owens last week and Kevin Owens I believe he got suspended after attacking Grayson Waller and Austin Theory I'm not exactly sure why Nick Aldis did not want Kevin Owens to attack them but Kevin Owens he's a hothead he likes to break the rules and he attacked Grayson Waller and Austin Theory anyway and Nick Aldis is doing his due diligence as the Smackdown GM and laid down the law on Kevin Owens. Grayson Waller versus Cameron Grimes the best US champion of all time Austin Theory is on commentary during his buddies Grayson Waller's match. Cameron Grimes is back on Smackdown in a singles match since my birthday was his last match Grayson Waller on September 29th. Here in my hometown of Sacramento Cameron Grimes went one-on-one versus Austin Theory and Austin Theory won that match and this time Grayson Waller beat Cameron Grimes so Cameron Grimes is 0-2 versus the tag team of Theory and Grayson Waller the damage control they continue their path of destruction backstage taking out everyone they see in sight that's considering joining Charlotte Bianca and Shotzi and just beating up on anyone that is seen talking to those three and the damage control they're just getting rid of the competition we get to see the guy that beat the doctor of thugonomics the guy that beat the goat and some would call him the greatest of all time and the guy that no one can see john cena the guy that beat john cena not just beat john cena but destroyed john cena in a very very vicious way i mean this was bad the way that solo sokoa defeated john cena at crown jewel and solo sokoa he's in the ring with paul Heyman and jimmy uso paul Heyman pulled a super heel move and does a super big introduction for John Cena and gets the crowd all hyped up and made everyone believe that John Cena was going to come out but John Cena is not there to hit his cue he's not there to hit his marker John Cena is not here which got a lot of heat from the crowd and Paul Heyman says that this is thanks to Solo Sokoa but man people were so excited they thought for a second they were actually going to be able to see their hero John Cena 
Arena. But Paul Heyman said, psych. Man, that was such good shit. Paul Heyman wishes John Cena goodbye on behalf of the entire bloodline. And Paul does a great job of putting over Solo Sokoa as a heel and gets Solo Sokoa lots of heat. John Cena was not there to interrupt. He was not there to defend himself. But someone who is just a big a star as John Cena as of late, the super megastar LA Knight, he was there to interrupt. And okay, now everything is coming together. The people were wondering what is next for LA Knight after losing to Roman Reigns. Last week, LA Knight had a match versus Grayson Waller and some people were very disappointed after seeing that LA Knight was going to go up against a mid-carder like Grayson Waller. How do you go from being in the main event versus Roman Reigns to Grayson Waller? Well, it looks like the next thing for LA Knight is going to be Solo Sokoa, but let's think about it. Before people start getting upset and people start saying, well, LA Knight is backtracking now, Solo Sokoa beat John Cena. Roman Reigns beat LA Knight. LA Knight is not done with the bloodline, so if LA Knight goes after the next big thing after Roman Reigns, it's going to be Solo Sokoa. If LA Knight can take down Solo Sokoa, well, Solo Sokoa took down Cena, so that is just going to make LA Knight look even better. If he can take down the guy that destroyed John Cena, more power to LA Knight. Then we get LA Knight versus Jimmy Uso. Solo and Paul Heyman leave poor old Jimmy out there alone because Paul Heyman apparently received a phone call and the only person that ever calls Paul Heyman is Roman Reigns. Jimmy Uso is still that annoying family member no one likes. And I think every family has one of these in their lives. Jimmy Uso is such a great lackey for the bloodline. He's so hilarious. He takes all the bullets for Roman and for the bloodline. And he does all the jobs for the faction. LA Knight hits his BFT, picks up the win over Jimmy Uso. And then Solo's music hits, which distracted LA Knight. So Jimmy Uso takes advantage, attacks LA Knight from behind. And Solo and Jimmy get heat on LA Knight. Holy shit. But here comes Cody Rhodes. What? What the hell is Cody Rhodes doing on Friday Night SmackDown? He's from Monday Night Raw. He has no business on Friday Night SmackDown. What is going on here? Where's Nick Aldis? Where's security? We have a Raw invader on Friday Night SmackDown. Cody, he has the Judgment Day to worry about. Why is he saving LA Knight from the bloodline? And Cody, if you can just show up on Friday Night SmackDown whenever you feel like it, then in that case, just show up there, go after Roman, and cut to the chase. Finish the story, pal. What are you doing? After the commercial break, Cody Rhodes is backstage, and what do you know? Nick Aldis laying down the law again, doing his job as a general manager, and says, uh-uh, Cody, I don't care where you go, but you gotta get the hell up out of here. And I love it when wrestling makes sense. The last segment of Friday Night SmackDown, the main event was Bianca Belair, Charlotte, and Shotzi. Who was going to be their fourth member to join them versus a damage control at the War Games in Survivor Series? Who did Charlotte call? We got five minutes left on the show. The women are in gear, dressed up to wrestle. Are they going to have a match? The baby faces, they accept the War Games challenge made by the damage control. The damage control took everyone out backstage and they're looking to take out Charlotte, Shotzi, and Bianca before War Games so they don't make it to War Games. But Becky Lynch shows up out of nowhere and Becky Lynch answered the call. Another Raw superstar that shows up on Friday Night SmackDown. What is going on here? What happened to the draft? That is non-existent anymore. All eight women have another bra on the closing of this Friday Night SmackDown and we're off to the races to 
the war games we're gonna have a men's war games we're gonna have a women's war games and that's gonna be taking place next week and we get more and more wrestling but that was Friday Night Smackdown. We got to see a few more stars here on this Friday Night Smackdown in Evansville, which is a lot more than what I can say for last week's Friday Night Smackdown, who really the only star on that show was LA Knight. So this Friday Night Smackdown was a little bit more enjoyable. Let me know what you guys think. Stay tuned for the second part. It's going to be AEW Collision. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> 